Hello everyone, welcome back to Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor and I'm joined here by Rush. Rush hasn't been on in a while, but it's pretty awesome that we're going to be able to start this new little series here um, and Rush is going to be a part of the first episode of it. We're going to be talking about Young Dolph and his entire discography, if you will, his whole bodies of work, his whole body of work, um, obviously rest in peace. Um, and Rush and I have been a big fan of Young Dolph for a long time. Obviously, I can't safely say since day one. But uh, definitely have been appreciative of his craft. But Rush, what what inspired you to kind of like come up with, you know, not only just the discography in a sense, or, you know, we kind of just brainstormed this episode beforehand, but um, what's the main thing that kind of drew you to Young Dolph as a, um, as a music fan in a sense? I honestly always liked whoever he got to produce his beats, such as Zaytoven, Tay Keith, I believe, has play has done some of oh, his yeah. beats, but the main one that you'll always hear is Zaytoven, and to be honest, he's always had great, great quality out of him. Like he's always had something new; it's never been really the same. Like for example, you have the entirety of I want to say it is sixteen zips, if I'm correct. There's a few songs on there that was by Zaytoven. You have Down South Hustlers, as well as 16 Zips. Those on Apple Music, those are still like frequently listened to as well. Oh yeah. I can probably say that that one well ha- has well over a couple hundred thousand listens, probably monthly, if anything. And... Still incredibly listened to, like you said, bro. Mm-hmm. You, you, they made such a massive impact, and like they de- definitely left a mark. Yes, you know, especially when they worked together. Like the production value, like you said, has always been fucking crazy, mm-hmm. like unique in its own way. And it just had that Memphis sound. Honestly, kind yeah. of, you know, you can argue Juicy J was kind of at it beforehand, and there's other guys you can name. But well, like, I mean, he's done songs with Juicy J before, 100%. and. At- Whenever both of them came together into the booth, it was always just... Fire. It was always something you could actually listen to. It wasn't something that you would play maybe three times and then you'd be like, okay, my serotonin's out of it. Yeah. Like, no. It's something that you can actually listen to and keep listening to because every time you listen to it, if you didn't hear them the first time, you'll hear them the second and it will always stick with you. Because yeah. what they have to say is something that's always slick or something along the lines that will always stick into your mind. Yeah, very rem- very memorable, like memorable mm-hmm. music, like not just surface level. Um, definitely a lot of work went into a lot of Young Dolph's like craft. I feel like he was one of those guys that was, like you said, very subtle and slick with a lot of his lyrics and stuff, like giving you breadcrumbs of what he was doing in real life and mm-hmm. what he was thinking and who he was associating with. And it was pretty awesome trying to put that puzzle together, you know, especially growing up listening to him, listening to him throughout high school and stuff. Whenever Bulletproof came out. That song, that album was... (laughs) I know a lot of people that I knew in high school honestly didn't even realize it until I had actually read it out to them or someone had read it out to them and told them, like, yeah, if you listen or if you read all the song names in order, there's a message there. Mm -hmm. It's it's plain as day. Yeah. And I, I remember I learned that from you a long time ago, and then I literally, like, months ago told Logan, and he's like, what? And I, you know, and yeah, he found out for himself right there. So like, I'm sure you can check that out. Just very subtle stuff, kind of leaving it for the audience. But I'll briefly 
just read out his projects um, for the audience as well as the date. Um, but in 2010, it was Welcome to Welcome to Dolph World. Obviously mm-hmm. iconic. That one had um, it had the song it had Welcome to Dolph World on it. Obviously, I'm by gone. The name of the album, I'm gone. It had uh, I need my medicine. Yeah, I need my medicine. Rubber band money. No panties, which is a great no, song. No panties. No panties. That was the is... other one that I was going to say. Bro, no panties is so good, bro. There was one more, and it was with a dude named Titty Boy. I'm blessed. Like, I'm what? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. That was it. Yes. And he also did another song with him in the album with Eight Ball. Uh, <laughs> with Eight Ball, uh, another guy. Uh, it's called Homeboys, which was a pretty good song. Um, I listened to that a little bit. Yes, I did. But there's a lot. Like this is a 20 track album. Released on July, July uh, 2nd, 2010. That's the one thing I will say is he never shorted his albums. There have been there have been artists who have dropped albums with maybe 10 songs on it. And you wonder why you don't get fucking blown up. Thank you so much for saying that because people shit on NBA Youngboy for dropping 33 track albums. And I'm like, why? There's so much there. You yeah, can exactly. enjoy so much. Like, like, he's not making you wait another year or so. <coughs> little pump. Dude. <laughs> like to get another fucking album. Honestly, let's get real. No one's waiting for a Lil Pump project. No one's been waiting for it. <laughs> no, I the think only the... reason why he got famous was because his song was repetitive as shit, and little kids just literally wanted to hop on it. Yeah, that was all. Facts. Facts. Like sixteen year old. This man lost his album. Like he literally lost his physical copy of his album that Apple paid like ten mil for. Like, bro, what? <laughs> anyway, um. I can't believe. Let's get back to the main topic. Yeah, of young the, golf. someone that's someone that's actually an artist. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but no, welcome to Dolph World is a great album, great project. And then in 2011, we go to High Class Street Music, which is one of my favorite albums by Young Dolph because of the amount of bangers that are on this fucking album. Um, I'm still putting it down. Out of Space Flavor, um, Booked Up, Flawless, Dolph. Um, if it ain't one thing, it's another. And he did another song, I'm Blessed with Titty Boy, on there as well. So, no, I believe that is actually the same song. It's the same song? I believe he okay. dropped... He did He did what some people do whenever they'll drop, like, maybe the same song in an album that they dropped previously. I guess it's just as, like, maybe a filler. Uh-huh. And, you know, that pops up here and there. But granted, I think what it does is it's supposed to, like, match how the theme of the album is. Uh-huh. And they were kind of like, you know, I can't really top it with another song. This song really just fits the picture. And... And this album, it's a 23-track album, including that, you know, like, repeat song, technically. Not saying that's what he does, or that's what he was doing in that. I'm just saying, you know, that's probably speculation as to why. I mean, he probably also, like I said earlier, he didn't want to release an album with just 10 tracks on it. Yeah, You know, he'll release some of the stuff that got up there whenever it was initially dropped, but wasn't really at the peak. And then maybe he feels that that song's time is now. I agree with that. It is speculation, obviously, you're right. But this was released on May 7th, 2011. Like I said, 23 songs. Um, You know, to a lot of people, they may not know this particular album, like, that well, you know, but obviously there's some really big names on here booked up with Gucci Mane. It's a really good song. Um, This is a song that wasn't very, like, promoted or, like, put up there, but Bad Boy with Dirty Money, I remember that actually being very good. I liked that song. So, like, this is another song I would recommend to people out there if you haven't listened to it. But 
Um, any any speculation or any thoughts on this album, Rush? Um. Oh. Well, I'd say. Oh, well, it's a it's high class street me- music. The it's his second project. Um, technically, at least according to Apple Music, and don't get me wrong, Apple Music sometimes doesn't have everything, um, so that's why you kind of have to go onto other platforms for that, you know, unreleased or that sleeper song that's not available. You know, I honestly have to say, the only ones that I really listened to was Booked Up with Gucci Mane, Dolph, Dolph is good, Dolph is a good song. Then it would just be like I'm blessed, but that one was initially always listened to off of his first album. Yeah. Whenever I found that one, because really, whenever I had first found Young Dolph, I got into him around the time that High Class Street Music and um, Sixteen Zips, and this is High Class Street Music Five. Yeah. He released a lot, and I believe that was the last one was number five, and Which that I'm one was called The Plug's Best Friend. <laughs> and that one had make the or had one with Shy Glizzy in it, Money Makes the World Go Round or something like that. That's a good song. That one was good, and that was like the main one that I ever listened to off that album. Other than that, I mainly listened to the Sixteen Zips one that he released in 2016, and that one was really good. Yeah. Cause that one had like I said, Down South Hustlers. It had Sixteen Zips. I think it was Addicted with Jada Kiss, and one more. There's one more on there that I know I listen to for a fact, like every day. Boys in the Hood, that was it. All yeah. bangers, mm-hmm. all bangers for sure. All of them. And then, but yeah, for his high class street music one and two, I honestly have to say I never actually like got to dive into those. Okay. I never actually, you know, it was kind of like those. I don't know why. But from 2011, actually, now that I'm looking at all of them, 2011 albums were the only ones that I have never really delved into from him. Honestly? I could go for A Time to Kill, I could go for Blue Magic, I could go for East Atlanta, Memphis, and High Class Street Music 3. The thing is, those, I never really tuned into one and two. I don't know why. Well, let me just put out some songs for those people if you have not listened to High Class Street Music 2, Hustler's Paradise, released in 2011. This is a 20-track album. Um, there's a, a lot of good songs on here, like a, like in my personal opinion. Hustler's Paradise is probably the best song on there. Um, I Need My Medicine, obviously another repeat song. But I'm With It with 2 Chains is fantastic. Like, that song is a banger. I Think I'm Sprung with Juicy J, really good song. Um, Clear with Money Making Murder, which is like a slept-on feature, in my opinion. I thought that was a good. I thought that was a good song. And then the last, probably really good song on here, um, is Play As Night Out. But I really like Long Money. Um, worth, worth the listen. Um, not 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 his best work. Those three first projects, like, no matter how iconic they are, they're not like he just gets better. He's like cheesy. Yeah. He just gets better with just, every album. Yeah, he developed more and more over the years. The way that he, with his cadence, his flow, his rhythm. And his production just mm-hmm. gets so wild, bro. And you talked about this album here, Rush, but A Time to Kill, uh, released in 2012. 23-track um, album. What What are your thoughts on this particular album? Because I loved A Plus and Sky High. A Plus was, awesome. was a great song. I think that the other one was Hellastone by Zed, with Zeldzilla. That one was good. I honestly really liked the beat on that one. 
it honestly it sounded uh i can't put the name on the instrument but i think it was like i think it was almost as if they turned a synthesizer into like a trap music maker basically like That's just the thing. way that they made the just the sounds that they used with what they were rapping about or the theme of what they were talking about or anything like that it always matched up perfectly it was very well composed mm -hmm. all the time but I love All My Hoes is a good song. Yeah. Um, and Bars. I like Bars as well. But overall, like, I think this is 2012, like you were saying. It's probably when he really started, like, jumping up, at least with the rap. Been like, Through It All was also a good one. Okay. Been Through It All. That one's a good one. If I remember that one correctly, because I have listened to that one, the thing, but it was faintly. Like, it wasn't something that I would normally put up on, like, if I were to, like, Get the ox on something. I wouldn't just be like, let me. Play but if this. it pops on, you're not if gonna it pops, skip. Exactly. If yeah. it pops on, I'm not gonna skip it. I'll listen to it, and I probably know a few words from it and everything like that. Thing is, though, is like, it kind of just basically. And this was 2012, if I'm correct. Yeah. This album came out. So this is just 2012, and he passed in 2022. 2022, correct? Yeah. yeah. Uh, early 2022, if I'm not mistaken. So. He passed in 2022, and he, and this is 10 years prior, and then he's rapping about everything that kind of has happened to him in the meantime, from him starting to now, and or to that time, and then he has another 10 years that he could have completely talked about like he did and been through it all, or made another song like Been Through It All Part 2 or something like that. Yeah. And then, who knows what could have transpired in those 10 years since that song. Yeah. You know, he probably has a hell of a more stories to where he could probably write two to three more parts. Probably like fucking 20. The one thing that I do wish that he did try would have been like storytelling. Kind of like how T Grizzly did in um, King Von. King Von. And then, there was one song that T Grizzly did where he also did it. It was actually a fairly new one, but I can't think of the name of that one right now. But continuing on. But you, you, you touched up on Blue Magic as well. Yes. And you were, this this whole big year of 2012 for, for Young Dolph, like you were saying, like this 10 year, this decade of him, like getting big, like larger and larger as a, as a rapper, as an artist, and, and a lot of other things, obviously. Yeah. Um, undisclosed things. Um, yeah. But Blue Magic, this was actually one of my, this is probably my top five uh, albums from him. And I just want to tell you why. This album was released in 2012, um, November 14th, so around that Thanksgiving time. I didn't listen to this when it came out, obviously, but I think I found this in the fall. Um, no cap. But Showtime, I got this A-plus remix with Gucci. Banger. Um, Juiced Up with Tim Gates is really good. Um, Eight Ball comes back on for another feature. Who actually, you know, and while I'm rolling up is a good song. Trigger Man is really good. Drop It on the Scale is really good. Um, Make It Happen and My Real Life with Gucci. Gucci always comes in with these good ass features on these Dolph projects. And just honestly, I'm not saying that he carries them, but like he literally gives it the boost because that was the last track. It's a 19 track album. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I just really like that album. I just wanted to shout that out. Um, any thoughts on Blue Magic for yourself? I always thought Blue Magic was also a really good album. The first one, I just landed. That one's really good. Yes. 
Um, like you said, the My Real Life, that one's actually really good. Young, Do Young Dolph and Gucci Mane, every time they've ever made a song where they've collabed together, it has always been good. Always. There has never been one song that has those two names in it that I'll be like, skip it. No, exactly. There's not one song, especially from, we'll be coming up on that album, but it is East Atlanta Memphis, or Memphis yep. East Atlanta, or something like that. East Atlanta Memphis, yep. released in 2013. That is actually the next album. Oh, and we can break right into this. This is a duet album with Gucci Mane and Young Dolph, released on May March 15th, 2013. Only 14 songs, but honestly, with your doing, when you're doing a duet, I get it. Like, that's a lot of work you're putting well, in. Well, the main thing is, though, that every, I think every single one of those songs, it was those two. It's not like how some artists have done it nowadays, where they'll do a duet album, and the next thing you know, you have three or four songs that are one artist that feature completely different people than the other person that's co-doing this, or co-creating co this yeah. album. Yeah. And then that person has, you know, three or four songs with separate different artists, and it's like, dude... You're releasing this album with you 2 We want to hear you 2 go, if you like have to, to A, B, fucking cadence. Yeah. One of you says one bar, the other one follows it up with another. The other one, and it's just back and forth, kind of like ping pong, where if one can just do that, because like, that's one thing that I would actually love to hear is a lot more artists doing that. Youngboy has done one every year since 2020, and he, they they don't hop off. Like, he's mm -hmm. not like, he's like this. Like, he doesn't, like, they're in every song together. He did it with uh, Versa Kid. The Baby, Birdman, and uh, Quando. Now, with Rich the Kid, you're talking about the album that was a few years ago. Correct? Yeah, 2020. That one was good. That was really I good. I really fucking like that album. That was a really good album. But in this album, another duet, for example, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good songs on this album. Backyard, Can't Handle Me, um, Get It Back. On the Run's good. Yes. Mob Ties, I like that. And Trap House is really good as well. But going like, crazy with the work. I'm looking at this. There's not a skippable song on this album for me. Mm -hmm. I can jam out to this album on repeat all day if I need to. If I need to go fight a giant Russian man. Yeah. You know, this is the album that's going to be jamming in my ear. There is one album, if I'm correct. Or it might actually be the next one. Where is it? Yeah, it is not on Young Dolph's discography, but it has... Young Dolph did co-create it. And it was Young Dolph, Gucci Mane, and Pee Wee Longway. Hmm. They actually did an album together, and that one had the song Contaminated on it, if you remember it. Oh, I do. That's why you can't find it on Young Dolph's discography, is because it's under Pee Wee Longway and Gucci Mane, though. Hmm. I believe, or it's just Gucci Mane. I remember I saw it on there one time, and I was thinking about it, and I was wondering as to why it wasn't on there, but I kind of realized that, if I'm correct, it was published directly under Gucci. They just had their names on it. Gotcha. But High Class Street Music 3, Trapping Out of a Man, out of, out of Mansion, excuse me, released in 2013, March, uh, I mean, May 13th. Uh, a lot of really good songs on here as well. Like Trapping Out of Mansion. That song was good, because it took uh, Chief Keef's beat. He, he uh, sampled Chief Keef's beat for it. I think it was Love Sosa. Love Sosa, yeah, no. He took that beat, and then he put Trapping, on a Man Trapping Out of Mansion. And that was actually... Not better than Love Sosa, because Love Sosa is just original like that. You yeah. Know, it, good, at, good like it is. Yeah. But it it was a great remix for that beat. Like, it was a great track to just throw on that beat. Every lyric for it. I really liked um, Money Callin' and On My Line. Money Callin' was good. Get This Money with Two Chains was good. 
Kill It with Tim Gates was good. Mm-hmm. Really solid overall. No Sleep album. was also really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I also really liked the uh, the outro of this, but teach their own. Um, I know the outros really normally weren't that good, <laughs> but honestly, like, I just really appreciate his craft. And honestly, one thing I have to say is his artwork cover for his albums are always so unique and different. Yeah. So shout out to that. Um, but the next album we could talk about is... South Memphis Kingpin. Yeah. Released in 2013, October 15th. What are your thoughts on this, Rush? I thought this one was good because this one had an introduction on it that was, um, where is it? Let me see. It was, I think it was At The House, I want to say was it, where they had like an intro where it was saying something about like AK-47, very, be very best gun there is. Or something like that, and then all of a sudden, it just the beat just starts after go saying all that. It's like silent for like not even a second, and then all of a sudden, it starts up. <laughs> oh, it was that one was always the best to me. That song carried the album, in my opinion. I liked Hypnotized. Hypnotized was good, yes. And I also really did. I like Tim Gates as, as the feature, so. I like that song, track 13, Can't Say It, I'm a White Dope Dude. Boy was also good. Oh, yeah. Same Shit, Different Day with Jay Fizzle, as well as um, What You Been to, Doing. Shout out to Jay Fizzle, bro. Mm -hmm. Legend. Um, overall, definitely a really good album. And I like the, I, I really do like the, uh, the artwork for the, yeah. for the album cover, I can't lie to you. Um, and then the next album, and, and we're kind Cross of... Country Trapping. Yeah, I mean... DJ Holiday, which I'm sure everyone knows, um, but released in 2014, uh, April 15th. I really liked Preach on this, Rock and Rollin', uh, Get This Money with Two Chains, Thank the Plug with Migos was pretty good. Um, Texas Kool Aid. Oh, yeah. Put Your Hands Up, I like with Gucci Mane. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the Gucci Mane, that goes without saying. I mean, if we don't cover a Gucci Mane song or a feature real quick, then just know we're, we're, we're just saying that without saying that it's automatically a banger. Yeah. You know, it, it always will be a banger. If you see a Young Dolph and Gucci song, just click on it, listen to it. <laughs> you'll, you'll it's like not going it. to disappoint. Yeah. It's, they're going to, like we said about even Juicy J and Young Dolph, they're going to say some slick shit, and it's going to stick with you. Uh, now... Probably for one of my favorite albums of his. Is this the High Class Street Music 4? Yeah. American Gangster? Yes. This one, yes, I will say. This one was a really good fucking album. Chop on the Couch. What's Poppin' is... I, I love that intro. I think that's the yeah. perfect intro for this album. Released in 2014, July 8th. But What's Poppin'? Let's get on. Like, bro, there, I don't... Again, another situation where I don't think there's a skippable song for me personally. Like, I can listen... This is a perfectly composed and put-together album for Young Dolph. She Dump. Not Mines. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that song. Yes. Yeah, I, I liked Goodbye with Trinidad James, but... She Not Mines... <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that's a... That, bringing back some memories there, actually. Mm -hmm. Preach, like I said, that's a repeat song, but These Streets is an also a really good song. Um, 911, great song. 
I, just a great album. Dude, like that's yes. a, that's like probably the first album here so far where I can safely say that's just a great album. Yes. Like yes. these I others Street Music 4. These others are really good, but that's his first great album for sure. I'm just being honest and blunt because that's how we have to be in the series. We have to be yeah. real cuz that that is like that album is up to this point in 2014 is his best release. Yeah. Like in my opinion. But then you go to Felix Brothers. I actually I like this album. I, I like this album. El Chapo. Oh, well, this is the one that I was talking about. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just blind. Yes, okay, I guess it's on Young Dolph's discography. But this is the one with Gucci Mane, Pee Wee Longway, and Young Dolph. This one, yes, excellent album. Felix Brothers, South Memphis to Zone 6, Contaminated, literally the second, third, and fourth song on the album. Chapo, Slam. Chapo just, versus Felix Brothers mm-hmm. is also a good song. That is also a good song. Okay, yes, that is. Um, Cheech and Chong, I really like that one. Yeah. I just think that that's not as good as High Class Street Music 4, but it's like he's getting consist- more consistent. Like, 2014 was a good year for him. Mm-hmm. And then High so, Class Street Music 5. This is the one where it has that song with Shy Glizzy that I mentioned previously in this episode, Money Make the World Go Round, or yes. Make the World Go Round. And that one... Like I said, it's just Shy Glizzy featured in it, but it is overall probably, in my opinion, it's actually now that I'm looking at the lineup for every other song, Dead Ass Serious goes on top of that. Yeah, Dead Ass Serious is a that, great song. That's a great song. I believe the preach in this one is a remix because it has Rick yeah. Ross and I believe who is the other. Preacher? I think it's Young Thug. I do believe so as well. Um, I I I thought that song was good. But I got I, I love to go get the money. The plug best friend, the last song in the album. Yes. That song was yes. good. The beat for that, like I've said multiple times in this episode, Young Dolph's beats. I seriously think that that was the first thing that he always did when creating a new song. I always think that personally he made sure that beat was something that he could go with, and I, I think that personally, that there's no other way. Like if the way that I see it is. If you're in the booth and you're trying to create a hit a hit album or a great album every mm. single time, you're going to want everybody in that out al- in that studio to Jamming. be jumping up with you. Yeah, the excitement. So I can tell you right now just by the way that everybody reacts by his music, that was the that was his first step was to make sure that the beat could at least get you fucking moving. And he always did it whether mm-hmm. if that's what he was doing or not. His recipe for his process, his creative process, must be insanely off the charts because every album, every song, it was unique and different in its own way, in its own manner, and I always loved it. I always loved that aspect of his work, and one thing I will say is in this album, we didn't get to talk about the release date, but February 24th, 2015 is when uh, High Class Street Music 5, The Plug Best Friend, was released, but Never Ever is also good. I didn't get to say that, but... He's this isn't as good as high class street music four in my opinion. It's not. No, I will give it that. But high it's, class street music it's better than Felix Brothers. It is. I think so. You think so? I do. I think there's more bangers, and I just there's something about an artist when they're doing like a continuation series of albums, like the Kid Cudi Man on the Moon trilogy, or like Carter. Yeah, or like there's so many. Like this was his fifth and last installment of the high class. And we didn't know that at the time, but like when I, I I've been going back and listening to so much music as of late, I, I didn't realize like damn this actually kind of hits more now sadly, 
and I think that's just the case when an artist passes too young. Um, yeah. But genuinely, I, I think this is better than Felix Brothers when it comes to the artistic value. Um, I'm not saying that Felix Brothers is bad, though, because I think it's really creative. They had literally a, a trio go in on this, yes. like, in a sense. Like, that's creative. That's not seen much. But I just think that there's, more, like, better songs on, mm-hmm. on High Class 5. Just in, to- in total, you know? Mm-hmm. I get um, what you're saying. But 16 Zips is probably just as good as uh, High Class 4. Hood, 16 Zips, No Matter What, featuring T.I., Money, Power, Respect, Back Against the Wall, all she wanna do, everyday 420, down south hustlers, addicted, and track and track 12. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna say track 12. <laughs> yeah, but you get you get the gist. But everyday 420 is really good. But this album was released in um, July 28th, 2015, and this is a really good album. Like this is a good, no, honestly, this is a great album. I, this is just like a high class four, if not a little better. Because I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with you there, bro. I don't think there's a skippable song on here for me. Money, power, respect is really good. I remember really liking that song. All she want to do with Jay Fizzle. I, I, I love that song. Back against the wall. Was oh yeah, always great. Down south hustlers, like yes, yes. There's that. That's a great album in total. Yes. Like that. So at this point, high class four is probably ranked two, and sixteen zips is probably ranked one at this point in time in 2015. So just keep that in your heads. Now, we're moving into a later point in 2015. To be exact, it's going to be October 8th, 2015, when he released Shitting on the Industry. Um, which is a really good album, in my opinion. Not as good as 16 Zips. Not as good as High Class 4. Um, probably I not always as... love the song Shitting on the Industry in yes. this one. Because yes. he literally just... Shits on the industry. He just literally says how he's fucking killing the game on everybody. How nobody is able to touch him basically at this point. He's just shitting on everybody. He's but so high up. Don't don't forget about Stop Me with Jay Fizzle. Yes, that is a very good song. And Bino. Yes. And don't forget about No Matter What with T.I., which is another greatly appreciated, um, I guess you can say, feature. Get Paid was also really good. Because okay. that one, literally the entire song is literally supposed to be Get Up. Get your money. Stop bothering with all these women that's probably just going to want you to spend your bank account. Just yeah. get money. Just get just, your fucking just money. Just get money. Get your money, keep your head low, and... Everything that you want will come to you, sadly, because of money. But at the end of the day, it's your choice whether or not you let those things get to you. Mm. And that's... You know, there's always a lesson, low-key, in a Dolph album. Or, or like an underlying theme, and it's always greatly appreciated. Um... But 2015 was a really good year for him. Yes. So moving into 2016, he released King of Memphis, and this was released on February 19th, 2016. I this... always liked facts off of this song. Yes. First, first song opening up the album. That song, always good. The other one was Real Life, and if I'm correct, that's the one where... You, where he basically just tells his list and people who listen to the song, like, let people know you love them. Yeah. Because you never know the day that you're gonna die. Fact. So, the one thing that you can at least do is tell that your loved one, family member, sibling, friend, or whatever, that you love them. You know? Yeah. Without, like, he even went in, he kind of even went in with it saying, like, you know, if it weren't for 
your wife or your ex-wife or something, yeah, your kids wouldn't be here. You know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, all the bad shit that's happened, you still have something good to look out of it. So be thankful for whatever you have. Facts. Facts. And like I said, the lesson, the, the experience, the life lessons that he's learned in life, he does portray that in his music very well, especially like in this point in his career. And that's the one thing that, you know, a lot of people probably don't really think of because when they listen to a young Dolph song, they probably hear about him you know, maybe lighting up someone's block or how he fucking moves bales of fucking marijuana or something. <laughs> Thing is, though, is like, if you actually listen in between the lines, he's actually trying to teach you something. Facts. Like, he's trying to let you know, like, every day on this earth is a blessing. Like, don't sit there and just wonder what could happen. Go and do it. Yeah. Find out for yourself. Facts. And... Another really good song on this album is Fuck It, Royalty. Yep. Both Royalty, ways. Both Ways. On My Way. USA was also good. I like that song, yeah. But this is a really good album as well. This is probably up there for me. Um, and if you ever have free time, and you're also on like a Young Dolph binge, let's say you never knew about him or something like that, that once in probably a million, because I, I know everybody's probably heard the name or at least heard one of his songs while somebody's been driving down the streets blasting it on their 28s or something. Yeah, or in their Toyota Camry on their way to Subway to work. Yeah, exactly. So, when you get a chance, listen from the first album he ever dropped, or at least just the earliest track you can find of his, and then just listen to him over the years, and you'll kind of realize how much he actually has developed. And... I think a lot of people just look at him as like he's just some mainstream rapper. Like he really fucking wasn't. No, like no. He, he was originally very started out with barely anybody knowing him, and then all of a sudden he came out. I think it was probably around 2015 is whenever everybody started actually playing his music. That's whenever we first discovered him, and everything was yeah. 2016, 2017 is whenever we really started getting into his music and listening to everything he's produced since 2011. And maybe even before, because we haven't even got to singles yet. No. And there could be some that's 2007, 2008. Yeah. Like, you never know what he'd been, what he had been doing before he decided, let me go and drop an album. For real. No, so. I mean, and, I mean, there's so fucking, like, 12 more albums to talk about. Exactly. Um, mm. Bosses and Shooters in 2016, Rich Crack Baby in 2016. Both really good albums. And I have to say, like, he's on it. He's kept it consistent through the years. Because you see in this thing, there's usually two things for each year. And it's like he drops it in the first half. Let's you a little, you know, let it sit in a little bit. And then he's like, okay, they've been waiting for this. Drop it at the end of the year. Drop it at, you know. Or even wait until, like, March. Yeah. Wait until, you know, August this month. And then drop the next one. Just span it out so this way it's... Consistent, exactly. You have more, you have more music out there for your audience. I mean, and, and there's really good songs in, in these two albums, like All About, Bosses and Shooters, Addict, uh, Addict, excuse me, um, Maintain, Where the Money with Jay Fizzle, and then in Rich Crack Baby, um, Trappa, I love that song, Forever, uh, with Ti is really good. One Fifty featuring Twenty One Savage, uh, One It All, Nothing. What's your life Baby. like with Two Chains? Oh yeah, that's a great that's song. That's a good song. In My System with Boosie Badass. Strippa with Gucci Mane. Yes. 
150 with 21 Savage. That's a great song. Yes. And then Want It All was another one. Want It All, that that one, I'd say, I'd place that in number two. The one that I would, and like, the only reason why is because in that one, he just basically kind of, it's, the name of the song says it all. Like, he wants it all, you know? That's the one thing that I can also say about Young Dolphus. Throughout his entire career, he has always been hungry to, like, be get better. At, to get better and just literally kind of, like, make it look as if him being on the top is just normal. And it was. You know? It, it was it, very it normal. It was, because, like, everybody listened to him. You could ask anybody, even even a kid that can get that gets, like, straight A's and is about to go to Harvard, they'd be like, yeah, I know Young Dolph. Like, everybody knew him. Yeah. The kid with glasses and a boatload of acne or something. That kid Everyone. knew him. Yeah. The silent kid in class, he knew him. Yeah. Everyone. White, black, Asian, who cares who you were. I mean, you, you knew him. Literally anybody could listen to a Young Dolph song and be like, I like this dude. I like it. Young Dolph, bro, you know? But in 2017, he really upped it up a notch with Gelato. Mm-hmm. Um, Great album, released in uh, February 2nd of 2017. Yes. On the River with Wiz Khalifa, fantastic. Yeezy, Bag, Meech, Play With Your Bitch as well. So many great fucking songs. Run It Up. Run It Up is also really good. That's a great album. It really is. There's overall. That that album. Might be up to this point his best. That's in the top five for me. It is as well. That's in the top five. Just because On the River... That song has stayed consistent in my playlist. Facts. Facts. Wiz Khalifa snaps on that song. Um, but he does drop a better album, in my opinion, later this year. Bulletproof, with 2017. The one song, that the album that we had mentioned earlier, let me just read over the song names. Go ahead. So this way you kind of get... And this is all in order, and you can even look it up if you haven't even seen it yourself or if you don't know. Read out his trackless names and send a sentence. Go ahead, Russ. So, first song is 100 Shots, second in Charlotte, but I'm bulletproof, so fuck them, that's how I feel, all of them, I'm so real, I pray for my enemies, I'm everything you want to be, SMH. <laughs> he survived over 100 shots being shot at his bu- bulletproof uh, GMC, <sighs> Yukon, XL. So, uh, legend, certified, um... That kind of changed his celebrity status. Everyone for a night thought he was dead. Yeah, if that if he wasn't, I'd like to personally say like, if he wasn't considered blown up before this, this he just, blew this blew yeah, him up yeah. like even past the point of where he could have been if 100%. this didn't happen. Hundred percent. Like, uh-huh. and there's great songs on this. I mean, Hundred Shots is a great song. Honestly, every song... I, I don't think On there's a skippable song. He had also survived getting shot. Yeah. There was a time that he... If I'm correct, he... I don't know if that was actually the same instance. I believe he walked away from that one unscathed. Maybe bullet here and there in the arm or something. Yeah. But the thing is, though, is I believe there was another time shortly after that where he actually did get shot a few times and he lived. And that was shortly... If I'm correct, that would have been shortly after that time... And that blew him up even more is the fact that this man cheated death twice. A mm. hundred shots and then took like, you know, five or six in the torso and still lev- lived. Yeah, no. Like, he... it just wasn't his time to go at that point. No. And sadly, I think it it just caught up to him. Yeah. And that was the shittiest news. Yeah. In rap. Like, I mean, 
when X died, I was like... Shittiest news of COVID. Yeah. Like, fuck too. COVID, bro. We all know that we made it. Fuck it. But Dolph, man, like, that that fucking sucked, bro. And then, like, obviously, Foss go out to his friends and family, but, like, as a, as a fan... I was just always looking for that next project, that next release, just to get, just to get me through work that, you know, next half of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, that, uh, and, you know, you always found some way to relate to him as well, you know? The one thing I will say, though, is that for those that did work with him or knew him personally, he, his death left a major impact on them. Because when Key Glock came out with that, uh, what was this album? Proud. That was it that one? No, the album, the album, that entire album. Oh, Glaucoma 2? Glaucoma 2, because that one, if I'm correct, like, there was like three or four songs that were based on his death. Yeah. And all of them, he went in. Just he, he because he had to. Exactly, yeah. like, he's trying to carry on Young Dolph's legacy, if I'm correct. Go to Memphis, it's literally, it's literally Dolph World. I saw one thing on it, I think it was, I don't know whether or not it was him or someone else, or one, like, his mom or something like that, but... One of his, like, closest family members or a close family member of his that he was constantly always with whenever he wasn't, like, you know, seen publicly or anything like that, they got his, uh, blue dolphin chain. Like, I think that's what he put that in for them to get it or something like that. Wow. His family, I think, like, was like, you know, you should get this or something like that. I think it was Glock, to be honest, because that was, like the dude that you would always see him with. Yeah, bro. Granted, because they were cousins. So... Did you see the Ja Morant rookie card? I did Him not. and Geek, Key Glock were in, the, in the, car, the rookie card's picture in the back next to the same family that lied about the Michael Orr, the blindside story. What? The card skyrocketed four times in value after that story, but also people found out that Key Glock and Dolph were right behind Ja. Key Glock is standing up, like, like shouting and... Dolph is just like, just sitting back, like with shades on. You're just fucking great. Look up, look up that picture, bro. Like, find that picture when you can, bro. You said it was John Morant. Yeah, rookie John card? Morant's rookie card, bro. I'm gonna look that up real quick. Like, you need to, cause like that. Like, I just looked at that and I, I, I was like, God damn, that's so fucking fire. That's so fucking fire. That's the second most searched thing right now. Yeah, it's just so fucking fire, bro. On the back right of Ja, and Ja just probably hit a three or something, and. You know, or just got a turnover because Key looks a little pissed. They're just so fire. And the two old white people oh, I see on the it. left, yeah. I see him, Young Dolph, just sitting there with shades on. And then you have Key Glock standing up looking blowed. And then the two people on the left are the family that... Apparently Todd Bridges is also. Yeah, like that card is skyrocketed in value because of the people in the picture. Over four times in value since that story of the blindside incident being a lie. I wonder how John Morant feels that his car, his rookie card blew up, not at the fact that him. No, not at all, because he's destroying his career with the gun shit. No, I mean, that's true. That's very true on that part. But like, I, he, I honestly just don't understand, like, bro, you went in for a professional athlete, you're, you're not, no. If Dolph had, like, honestly, now that, like, because Dolph was that guy, like, you'd bring guys in and just make sure they were being smart, not fucking stupid. You don't see Key Glock doing any dumb shit. You know, if, uh... You know, Dolph was still on this earth in this realm. Maybe he would, uh, slap. He would have slap. slapped Jaw in the fucking. He would have bitched him up, bro. The fuck you doing? You're a ball player, bro. But, um, the next album to talk about in 2017 was Tracking Numbers. 
Released in August 24th. That was with Burner, wasn't it? Yep. Yes. Bundle is really good, and Knuckles is really good with Gucci Mane. Heron with Wiz Khalifa. Uh, good Drugs with Juicy J. The whole thing is really good, in my yes. opinion. Just an overall solid album, solid project. Um, I don't really, I haven't listened to it too much, so I don't really want to speak on it because I don't really know too much about it. I've the listened to it ones, like once, all the way through. The main ones that I listened to were mainly Knuckles and um, Tracking Numbers. Those were really the only two off the a album short, that I listened to. It's it a is short a very album. short album. Only eight tracks. Yeah. I, would, I would even call this an EP. Yeah. But th this is probably my favorite Young Dolph album coming up next year. I just want to thinking out yeah, loud this is probably my favorite by him i'm not gonna lie 2017 there was one, october 20th he had one song i can never find it again but he had a song that was released for maybe like two months and then all of a sudden it just went off the fucking face of the earth like mm. it was so weird it had a dude named machiavelli or something like that and it was the background for the song was the thinking out loud background with him with that coloring the all the words in the back saying like thinking out loud because if you look at the cover art for the album yeah all the words and all the stuff that's in yellow in the background those are all actually words and it's actually all like the song names and if you look closely if i'm correct the whole yeah the whole art every bit of color in it it's words like everything in it even the shirt that he's wearing it has all the album names and like that's another thing going back to his un his unique album covers yeah he literally i feel like he just never wanted to copy someone or anything like that i just feel like he always in every aspect of his career he wanted to stay unique yeah in which i respect that very much so but in this album there, there's not a skillable track for me i, I no. can't lie I what's listen the deal to Pacific Ocean, Point Across, Drippy, Believe Me, All of Mine, Go Get Some More, Thinking Out Loud, Eddie Kane, While You're Here. Eddie Kane is my favorite song on the album, though. I can't lie. Um, I, I know I should say What's the Deal or Drippy or even Go Get Some More, but, like, Eddie Kane, to me, like, I remember when this album dropped. We were with Jake and Hunter chilling. This shit was, this shit was fire, bro. This, like, that song in particular, I would be listening to it at least twice a day. Eddie Kane? Yeah. Yes. Like that, the beat, everything about his fucking craft is insane. From his album cover, to his production, to his lyrics, to his composure of his albums, to his singles, everything about it is very unique, thought, very thought I always like Pacific Ocean. Good song. That one, I always like the fact that he meant, because like, he just literally drops casually in the song. He's like, yeah, my next door neighbor is in the NBA. Like... <laughs> Like, what? Like, like wait, who is it? <laughs> what? Who do you live next to? I want to know. I need to know now, you know? Who's that player? But, uh, great album, man. Uh, just overall. And we do want to kind of get into the singles, so... I, I, these next six albums are really, like, really fire. But Role Model in 2018... Role Model, that one had, uh, Major. Yeah, with Major with Key. And, oh, I want to say, that was... One of his first step-ins with him, bro. Yeah, that actually, I believe so. It was his, like, one of his first features with Young Dolph. He had, it was major. There may have been a single out there, but I think this was his first feature on an album mm -hmm. with Young Dolph. It actually is. Um, but How You Love That is really good. I think I can Break fly. Break the Bank featuring Offset. Yes. That was a great song. Yes. Whole Play World with, with a Check. I liked Whole World with Cash Doll. 
Not I bad. liked it as well. I mean, personally, and here's my take on it. Actually, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna go into that because female rappers, for, yeah. I'm not gonna go into that just because of one factor, and that's because there's plenty of male rappers that always talk about how they dick a bitch now. Yeah. Or dick a girl down or something like that. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I get that but, aspect of the hype, like the hypocrisy, but trust me, it's a little weirder when a girl talks about it because it's legit, like. I'm, I'm just. I'm more just, I'm not gonna die on that hill. No, I'm don't die. I'm not dying hill. on that no, don't, hill. No, 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 no. Don't die on the hill, but I, I will say, I, I get what you're saying completely. But I, for the song's purpose, I thought it wasn't bad. Yeah. You know, and for a female rapper, yeah, no, she has to have some respect for getting a feature with Young Golf. And obviously, a fat ass bank account. Can't imagine what that feature costs. Um, Space Jam was great song. That I was great. That. Muhammad was great. Trap Playing Baby. with a check. Trap Baby, yes. Still smell like it. That's another Rain great album. No, I can't find a skippable song on there. I yep. can't. But and then, Dumb and Dumber. Twenty nineteen. The duet album with him and Key Glock. Mm, I remember we were coming back from Washington D.C. I literally had one bar of fucking service on I seventy five. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna download it. I waited. And it took me probably about two states until the entire <laughs> album downloaded. So I was sitting there for about three and a half to four hours just wondering if I'm ever going to be able to listen to this album. And let's just say that three and a half hour wait, fucking worth it. Yeah, no. Worth every fucking second of waiting for it. Because i got to tell you right now, it may only be one hour flat long. But it fucking felt like three and a half to four. It, it felt, that entire album, just listening to it, it felt way longer than it was. Yeah. No, I... Because you have Cutthroat Committee, you have Dumb and Dumber, Crashing Out, Chill, Reflection, Juicy, Water, Water, Water on Water on Water, It Feel Different, Light Key, One Hell of a Life, If I Ever, Ill, Sumo, Black... Just the entire album. Baby Joker is really good. I'm just not even. I'm just gonna stop naming songs and just say it's the entire fucking album. No, the entire. There's not a skippable song it on is, it. It's just amazing. The duet is their their sound matches perfectly, and it's just done because both these guys care so much about their craft. They're out of the same area. They have the same kind of vibe and energy, and it just works so perfectly. And I mean, like bro, I said, family. And they are. So, like, dude, it's the family connection. And it, you hear the chemistry work in every song, and that's just like Gucci and, and Dolph. They don't, they're not family, but they sound like they're family. They, have, they know each other so well. They know what to do on each track, each project with each other, and it works every level. Yes. And, and I love it. But Rich Slave is probably Slave a slept-on album in 2021. I want to just say Hold Up, Hold Up, Hold Up is really good. No Sense with Key Glock. One Scale with G Herbo is my favorite off the album. I actually, my favorite song on the album was, if not Greenlight, it was Ben's or Rich Slave. I, I think actually it's Ben's. I think Ben's is my favorite on this album. Yeah, Ben's was really good. Blue Diamonds was really good. That one was, I, I believe it was originally a single. And it's Blue fucked, because look at his, look at, uh, this is a 24 track album, but look at the last track uh, name. Yeah, but By My, my Way, way in, in Heaven. heaven. So I wonder what that uh, that okay. meant for my man here. Mm -hmm. That's a question because people will argue that he did sell his soul, and people, I don't think so. I don't think personally. so. I will always argue against it because knowing like him through his music for all those years, he's not like he's not like a fucking. 
Beyonce or Jay-Z, like, or a fucking Sam Smith or whatever, like, those demonic fucks, bro, he's not like that, if anything, bro, yeah, Lil Nas or Uzi, like, those weirdos, he's, that's never been him, bro. Or even Playboy Cardi. Yeah, I thought Playboy. I would never say that, because I actually fucked with Playboy Cardi's first two albums. And then now... And Broke Boy, that single that he released. Yeah, no, I I just really don't know where he went. <laughs> I don't know where Playboy went, Dude, he, he did something. He did DMT and didn't come That's back. That's what I was about to say. He did DMT and he just got stuck in the trip. Facts, though. But moving into Dumb and Dumber 2 in 2021, equally as good as Dumb and Dumber, in my opinion. Not a skippable track. Songs like Rain Rain, Buddy Love, Nintendo was really good. Penguins was good first out first off of it. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, a Goat and a Dolphin. Fuck with that song. Yes. Dumbest and the Dumbest. Loved that song as well. Um, and then, so we can get into the singles. I kind of breezed through these last two, but I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Cheat Code it. was also good off yes. Dumb and Dumber too. Yes, Cheat Code, but I was going to say that as well. Um, Paper Route Illuminati though. That's the next album coming up. That came out in July of July 30th, 2021. And it's 23 songs, an hour and 18 minutes. Mm. And I have to say on this one, my favorite one overall is the first song, Talking to My Scale. And in this one, he actually brings in a lot of the people that he signed to his label over time, or a lot of people who were signed to the Empire label. And... There's quite a few people. For example, Snoop Bands. When this album came out, I believe Snoop Bands was only a few months like popular. He had released a few songs that I had listened to, and I couldn't tell you the names of them now, sadly. They were really good songs. I just honestly stopped listening to them because there was so little to listen to him from because he was just starting out. Me, personally, whenever I listen to an artist, if I get into them... I want to at least be able to delve into a few albums or a few singles, so this way I have a diverse, like, selection of songs from them. So I'm not listening. So I'm not listening to like the same three, four songs over and over yeah. for like the next few months, you know. But then again, the dude was basically kind of just beginning at the level that he had gotten to, and it, I don't think of. Um, he personally blew up just because of Young Dolph. I honestly think that with the sound that he had and everything, and the way that he rapped, he honestly, he would have probably been more like a Jay Fizzle. Hmm. And sadly, in my opinion, Jay Fizzle isn't talked about as much as a lot of the other people who were signed to Empire, such as like Key Glock and Young Dolph. You know, those are really the most two notable names that you will most likely hear when you think of Empire. Yeah. Because... Especially with the, some of the stuff that they wore. They even, if I'm correct, wore some of their company's label merch. Yeah. Like, I looked it up, and some of the stuff, it they had like kind of like the Versace kind of uh, collar look to it, where it had like the, it was all black with like the white with like the lines going up and around. And that was just kind of like how La- Empire's label record logo looked. So they kind of adopted that on all their gear. So it kind of low-key looked a little bit like Versace, but for all I know, fuck if I know, it's Versace. Yeah, you never know. Honestly, they probably had a fucking deal with them or some shit. Um, but I, I like I Do This, Mr. Glock 2. Ashtray was really good with Kenny Money and... Who was that feature? Had Kenny Money... Oh, okay, it was just Young Dolph, but 
because some of the songs on here will say Paper Out Empire, then another person, and then Young Dolph will be the last one because of alphabetical order. Mm. So, usually, the thing about this album is there was a lot of names on it because there's quite a bit of people on that roster of Empire in general. And Standing Ovation was good. Standing Ovation was really good. Yes, that was. Freeze Tag. Did you like Freeze Tag? Freeze Tag was really good. I liked that one. Who did, did that? Who does that feature? Do you know? Um, just Key Glock. Just Key Glock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Show Out was good with Snoop Bands and uh, it was just Snoop Bands and Young Dolph. But no, this was a this was definitely a weird weird album in my opinion for for Dolph. This one was just packed with so many people. It was. This was just I think this was just basically a company project at that point. Yeah, twenty three tracks, and there was so many, so many features. Like you there's said. a there's at least, if I'm correct, from what I remember listening to it, and each song that I listened to, there was probably about three or four people on each track. Yeah, and easily. That that's usually like what you'll hear from. Um, oh, I don't know if you remember that one song called "Walked In." Oh yeah, yeah, with dun, uh, Travis dun, Porter. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Yes, Travis Boyer. I couldn't remember all. Fresh. Of, I couldn't remember all the names on there, but there was like six people on there. Yeah. If I'm correct. Bankroll Fresh. And that was just insane to me. Great song, though. But then you have his last album, which is Paper Out Frank, which personally, this is the one newest album that I actually haven't gotten that into. I think the only one that I've gotten really into listening to was Woe from him. Mm. That was the only one I sadly haven't. And this was actually dropped after to his passing. So this is his label company and his friends putting this together. Exactly. And I liked I'm, Blindfold, if and that's I'm, how. If I'm correct, though, I also want to say that this was, this was also not one of those instances where they did it just for the money. This was something that, personally, if I'm correct, it was kind of like the J.D. Youngin's family situation where they wanted it to get published. Yeah. Which I understand. Um, but going into his singles and EPs, Rush, if you wanted to kind of take helm here and um, go over some of your favorite singles uh, over the past couple of years, he's dropped a lot for sure. Yes, he has. I loved Sunshine in 2020. Sunshine was like the quarantine song that we all needed. Or Trick or Treat in 2020. Trick or Treat was also good because I don't think at that point he had even done a holiday song. No. And that, was, his, never that was a done great one. way to do it, a Halloween yes, song. a Halloween song. And it's... It's, ba- oh, it's a banger. I think that was... Was that the same year Kodak Black dropped his Halloween? Yeah. No? His Halloween EP, yeah. I, th- I think it was 20... Uh, no, I'm talking about the one, the single that he dropped. Remember the Halloween single that he had dropped? I can't remember. I think it was... That may have been 2017, actually, for Kodak. But this came... Uh, Trick or Treat came out in 2019. Um, and then Drip Like This in 2019 was good. Drip Like This was also really good. Yes, that was. Get Paid, that was a single. Um, that one, that, like we had mentioned previously in this episode, that song was just amazing. Uh, he has so many bangers, bro. Yes, he did. Fuck. You have the... Takeover was good. Bag featuring Lil Yachty and Young Dolph. That was really good, in my opinion. I That was something... In my honest opinion, I never saw that coming. No. I never expected Young Young Dolph to link up with, with Yachty. Y- Lil Yachty like that. And 
just all of a sudden come out with something that sounded just unique. not even that but like and I'm not even like I'm not putting it down on either of them like I'm not putting either of them down saying this but like good because Lil Yachty was just an entirely different flow back then yeah yeah at that point in time because that was 2016 when that single came out if I'm correct so he kind of he tapped into Yachty when he came 2017. out 2017 yeah wow when he dropped that horse shit album. Yeah. What was that? Wasn't that the one with Oprah's bank account? Yeah. Yeah, no. I couldn't listen to that, <laughs> that album. That shit was ass, bro. <laughs> that shit was booty, I could not bro. listen to that, bro. Um, what happened was good in 2020. What happened was good. Badass Jit remix was good. Blanks get shot every day. Not yeah. gonna say that word. Not gonna, like I said earlier, not gonna die on that hill. No. Not gonna get canceled. No, no, we're not, we're not, well, we're incancelable. That was a great EP. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. This one. Oh, my, yeah, I, I did that, that, yes. Kush bro. on the Yacht. Kush on the Yacht. Blonde and an Onion. Player. Slave Owner is a repeat song, though. That was on uh, one of his albums. Was it? Um, yeah. But another, just a banger, bro. I'm. Flodgin'. That one was good. Yeah, dude, three back-to-back bangers, and then Paranoid is okay, but then Play is really good. Blunt, a blonde and Paranoid, no, pa- I don't think you remember Paranoid from him then, if you think it, it was pretty good. I, that was actually a... Is that the best song to you on this? Let me actually look on the movie again. Because Kush on the Yacht... Okay, personally, I if I were to like rank these six in the EP... I were to honestly go Flodgin at the top, Kush on the Yacht at second, Blonde and Onion at third, Paranoid at fourth, Playa at fifth, and then Slave Owner at sixth. Now Damn, the, Slave Owner all the way at sixth. The only, re- the only reason why is because... That sounded so bad. Wait, no, like... The slave Owner the song, okay? Like, we're ranking yes. the... <laughs> the song is named Slave Owner. Do not come after us. Yes, we're not, we're right. not sh- getting shit on by a bunch of fucking losers on... Instagram, not not happening, sir. No, 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 sir. But uh, really good EP, honestly. Yes, but the the main reason being is because that's just off of the songs that, in my opinion, sounded like the best. Like I mean, the rhyme scheme that he used, the beat that he used everything it all just added up perfectly and that's basically what kind of compromised that entire list because like i mean whenever that out whenever that ep dropped that was sophomore year and like i mean i knew at least six people that walked up to me and were like yo did you listen to it and i was like yes yes i did like (laughs) yes yes i did yes like you do not need to ask me twice yes i did yes i did motherfucker but um after that um crashing out that one was really good. That one was actually the one that was featured on one of the Dumb and Dumber yeah. ones. And he did that one as a single, as kind of like, in a sense, like a kind of like a preview, I guess you would say, to, the, to that album. Yeah. And that does not feature Key Glock. So I think, I don't know whether or not how they were hyping it up at the time. I don't know if they were kind of explaining that it was a duo album between them two, or they kind of kept that hidden until drop day. And then everybody was like, wait, what? Yeah. You know, but whenever they, or whenever that song came out, that was probably what I listened to for about a week and a half straight. Because, like, 
song was just literally entirely it kind of just emboldened what he stood for in a sense mm. if, if you get what I mean by that and like I'll go into depth on it and it's a sense of he really honestly always stood firmly on the belief that literally don't let life distract you just get to it you yeah. know what I mean like just stop procrastinating stop complaining just fucking do it Stop beating around the bush. Exactly. Just literally go for it. You want something, go get it. Don't just sit there and dream about it the entire time because literally all you're going to do is end up with nothing. You'll be sitting there in 40 years and you're going to be like, what the fuck did I do? You know? And, uh, you know, while you're... And it's something that he did not say that straight up, but the way that he lived and the shit that he talked about... It's heavily implied. It's... Exactly. It's heavily implied in everything that he did in his... his art and being an artist and as being a person yes I think the last question we should ask ourselves before we wrap this episode up and honestly I'm already really enjoying this you know series already hour episodes just to talk about uh, an artist where you know we're talking about and enjoying at the time and just uh, maybe an artist that needs to be discussed and deserves our time oh um, and whole lot of whole oh with yeah money man that was a great song that was that was also another thing. I don't think he had ever done a feature with Money Man before. No, that was that, that's the only one I think. Yep. Wow. He did that one, and that was shortly before I think he passed. Yeah. Damn, I forgot about that song, low key. Mm-hmm. But the question I was gonna ask is, you know, what's the one thing that we would say about Dolph that maybe made us the biggest fan of his? You know, in a sense. I mean. I really loved his lyricists, uh, like his lyrics, his beat production, his just overall artistic value of like his genre of rap, that like street music, and it just always sounded so well put together and great. The other thing is also you'll notice early on in his career, he uses a lot of like um, like street lingo in a sense, mm-hmm. but later on in his career, he actually starts expanding his vocabulary a lot more, and it's not like I'm saying like, oh, he was illiterate before, and now he's literate. He was just doing basic shit. He was doing, yeah, he was kind of doing a little bit of what everybody else was doing, which is basically kind of, you know, talking about his choppa and stuff like that, but then all of a sudden, he pops out with the quarantine song, um, Sunshine. Yeah. All of a sudden, all, he just... He it just shows he kind of tuned in to really what was going on in, in this the world, world, yeah, and kind of opened up his eyes and was trying to let everybody else realize, like, dude, <laughs> Open we're up. trapped right now. Stay awake, type shit. Mm-hmm. But no, he he genuinely did. Uh, I feel like speak to a lot of guys and a lot of people like our age, you know, because you know not just the relatability aspect, but. The sound, just very unique and different, but just overall, one of the most unique artists and one of the most identifiable and iconic dons of the game really? that we'll ever see. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just appreciate his craft while you can before music is deemed, uh, you know, an attack on free speech, an attack on, uh, you know, people's values and shit. So, I mean, before that shit's taken offline and shit, maybe grab a hard copy or just start tuning into his music because he's one of the best artists I've ever listened to. Shoot, I think uh, the Paper Out Frank album, the one that they released after his death, I think they turned that one into vinyl. 
So mm. you can actually play it off of like record players and shit. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's, pretty cool. that's the one thing also that I've noticed making a comeback. The a lot of major like mainstream artists they're actually starting to lean towards vinyl and kind of get that back into the groove. Apparently, the sound is just better. I mean, I I guess I uh, personally, I've personally I can't I would have to like put them side by side to hear them. Like I'd have to hear it off of like a JBL and then. A, a record player yeah. you know like I'd have to hear them side by side and see which one is clear and at the same time definitely worth an experiment down the line for sure to, yeah just to see I mean granted you can say music is music but I mean in my honest opinion I'd much rather listen to something that's clear toned and everything yeah. like that I'd rather listen to it in the truest form that it can be played in facts because it deserves that you yeah. know but um Thank you, everyone, for, turning in, for tuning in to this first episode of our uh, discography series. Uh, rest in peace, Dolph, obviously. Um, make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms. We'll definitely be doing more of these episodes, and um, hopefully Rush can definitely hop on again soon. And uh, we'll have more episodes coming out uh, for sure later, so definitely stay tuned into this podcast. Um, any kind of support is greatly appreciated. Um, this is Trevor and Rush signing off. Peace.